Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is Scott Hansen, high-performance coach, entrepreneur, speaker, and, of course, your podcast host and creator of Success Hackers. Hey, if you're brand new listener to Success Hackers, welcome to the show. Success Hackers is all about empowering you to play bigger in your business. How do we do that? We do that by getting inside the minds of some incredibly successful entrepreneurs and then have them share their success strategies and hacks with us. For all you loyal Hacker Nation listeners, you know that I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show, downloading the show and subscribing, and thank you for spreading the word and really telling your friends about the show. It's because of you, Success Hackers is now downloaded in 65 countries and growing. You guys freaking rock. Hey, if for whatever reason you are not subscribed yet, make sure to do that now so you don't miss any new episodes of Success Hackers. If you haven't listened to the last show that we had with Miss Gordana Birnat, make sure to check that out. Gordana shared a very important strategy on the importance of knowing exactly who you are in order to have the success that you truly desire. And one quick shout out to a very loyal listener, Mr. Trevor Lowe. Trevor, thanks for helping the show grow. Trevor actually left an awesome review on iTunes. And what he did, and you can do too, Leave a review on iTunes. Just go to Success Hackers on iTunes and leaving a review and then snipping, cutting out and snipping that review and then emailing it to the show. You can email it to it, info at successhackers.net. Once I see your name that you've snipped and wrote a review, then your name will be mentioned on the next show. Before we get started, people are always wondering, Scott, how can I stay connected to the show to get all kinds of new updates and announcements, etc.? It is so easy. I made this very easy for everybody. So listen up. All you have to do is right now take out your smartphone and just like you're going to text a friend or a family member, just go ahead and text the word success hackers, one word success hackers to the number 44222. That's it. Success hackers, one word to 44222 and that will keep you connected to the show. Quick little announcement. Also, people ask me all the time, Scott, how are you able to create such a successful podcast in a relatively short period of time that's now listened to by over 120,000 people in 65 countries and growing? Make sure to listen all the way to the end, very end of the show, because at the end, I'm actually going to make an announcement on how on how you might be able to get your own podcast up and growing very, very quickly. All right. Let's get down to business. Hacker Nation, are you curious as to the steps you need to take in order to raise capital for your business? Well, today we are going to learn from someone incredibly, incredibly successful that's not only raised millions of dollars for her own business, but she's also helping other entrepreneurs do the same. Today, our featured guest is Ms. Julia Pimsler. Julia, are you ready to rock? Let's do this. Awesome to be here, Scott. Thanks. Yes. Julia is the CEO and founder of Little Pim. One of the few women-run businesses backed by venture capital in the country. 
Little Pim has won 25 awards for its proprietary entertainment immersion method, and its products are sold in 22 countries. Julia blogs about entrepreneurship for Forbes.com and has been featured on CNBC, The Street, Today, NBC Weekend Today, and Fox News. Her company has been highlighted in Business Week, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times. In addition, she has now written The Million Dollar Women, The Essential Guide for Female Entrepreneurs Who Want to Go Big. Julia, welcome to Success Hackers. It is great to have you on the show. Awesome to be here. Julia, I gave Hacker Nation just a little taste of who you are, but would love for you to take a few minutes and share a little bit more about you and your biz. Sure thing. Well, I actually am a former filmmaker. I did not come out of the business world at all. Mm. I was a documentary filmmaker for about five years, making social change films for PBS and Cinemax Real Life, having a great time. But then I decided to start a business in one of my loves, which is language teaching. I grew up the daughter of Dr. Paul Pimsler, who created the language teaching method, the Pimsler method, that's yeah. been around for 50 years and has taught millions of people to speak a foreign language. And when my own son was born, I wanted him to learn French because I grew up bilingual in French. And I always thought that was just the best thing my parents ever did for me, that I could speak fluent French and English. And there was nothing on the market. So Scott, you know, I went out looking around and saying, how can I get like a great DVD or CD or do something for my kids to help them to start learn French at, at an early age, which is when kids learn best. And once I saw there was nothing out there, I sort of put it all together where here I was, you know, a filmmaker, daughter of a language professor. I love children. I was a new mom. And I decided to go create a product to fill that gap. And the product, if you haven't seen it, it's called Little Pim. And it's a little bit like Rosetta Stone for young children. It's a complete system where kids can learn their first 500 words and phrases in any of our 12 second languages. Wow. That is really, really awesome. To working on films, like you mentioned, to really seeing a need in the marketplace, because that's what you've seen growing up with your dad, and you wanted to sort of shift that a little bit, but stay on the same path and help your son. So I have to ask you, can you say just one sentence in French? Mais bien sûr, je peux parler pendant 20 minutes, si tu veux. I don't know what that was, but it just sounds <laughs> sexy. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't say anything insulting, don't worry. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, let me just elaborate a tiny bit more on that because yes. for me, speaking a second language was like my go-to skill. You know, you always everybody has something they're really confident about. A lot of my guy friends, like it was sports, right? They just like excelled in sports. Yeah, that was me. But there you go. See, and that made you feel good, right? right? Even if you, you know, didn't do great in every single topic in school, like you have, I'm sure you did, Scott, right? But some people uh, didn't. No. <laughs> That was just my ace in the bag. Mm. And I, it also opened a lot of doors for me. Um, I actually was raised by a single mom. My father died when I was very young, unfortunately. And we had financial difficulties. And I got scholarships to like the top schools because, in part, I was bilingual in French and English. And all the studies show that it's so great for kids' minds to learn a second language. So I had personally experienced all the benefits of this and felt kind of mobilized to democratize language learning, if you will, because... The kids of the 1% have always learned a second language since time eternal. Right. But it's really the rest of the country that wasn't getting access to that. So I think that's part of what gave me the passion to go out and build this business and, and to take it to you know the highest level is it wasn't just about making money. It was about really transforming the way languages are taught to young children in America. Hacker Nation, right off the bat, Julia just dropped a golden nugget in that incredible story, which was this. 
you know, a lot of times, me included earlier in, in my career, you know, um, prior to doing what I'm doing now, I always wanted to follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. And ultimately, it left me sort of unsatisfied. And Julia just shared something that she went after a business, not with the intent of necessarily even maybe even knowing she was creating a business per se, but creating a need in something that she had a massive passion for. And then the money, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, just sort of followed. Absolutely. Although, boy, there were some low lows along the way. <laughs> well, hold on to that because we're going to talk about that in I'm a minute. I'm sure we'll get there. I read that you want to help 1 million women achieve greater business success and the triple win of money, meaning, and mobility. Why are you so passionate, Julia, about helping women achieve greater business success? And if you can just kind of talk about what this money, meaning, and mobility really is. So the triple win is money, meaning, and mobility. And that's what going big with your business affords you for men or women. But I'm, I'm pretty focused on women in my mission right now. And so the money part is the financial success. Of course, we want that. The meaning is doing work that we are incredibly passionate about and that touches us personally. And then the mobility is one of the most important pieces for women because most women start their businesses in their mid-30s and most guys start them in their mid-20s. Well, women in their mid-30s, a lot of times they have partners, they have husbands, they have kids, they have aging parents. We're at the center of a lot of social networks that rely on us. So having that mobility where you can go pick up a kid from school or fly to see a parent who's having health problems is incredibly valuable. And that only comes in when you have a business that you've taken to the next level where you have a senior team, where you've maybe raised the money you need so that you can build it out. And then you can get that triple win of money, meaning and mobility. So along the way of building Little Pim, I wound up raising really every kind of money, friends and family, angel, venture capital, and we can come back to that later, but that's largely what allowed me to build a professional team, have incredible marketing, and build the company to be the international brand I wanted it to be. But to raise that money, I had to overcome so many hurdles, and I found out that only 4% of venture capital goes to women-run businesses. Mm. And look, for any entrepreneur, fundraising is intimidating. You know, you want to you want to run your business. That's what you want to do. That's what you're passionate about. And all of a sudden, you realize, I have to go, you know, present these pitches and make up financials and meet with people who are going to grill me. Like, this is going to suck. I'm going to hate this. <laughs> right? We all feel that way. Nobody gets up and says, I want to go fundraise. That's not the fun part. But when I found out there were these additional hurdles that only 4% of women were funded, it kind of made me mad, actually, Scott, you know, and I was like, this is going to be twice as hard. But like most good entrepreneurs, I took that as a challenge, right? I was like, all right, I got to be in that 4%. I'm just going to have to be twice as good. So I spent about nine months learning how to raise venture capital. I had already raised angel and friends and family, and that was, you know, somewhat more manageable, but also those are the lower dollars, right? Now is going after a couple million dollars. And I took nine months away from my two little boys who were both under the age of four, away from my business, away from my family, away from everything to learn all these skills. And when I did raise that two million and kind of squeezed through the eye of the needle and got my business funded and the very next year we practically doubled our sales, you know, the, the, the injection of capital did all the things I hoped it would do. I looked back and said, I know why only 4% of women are getting funded. It's not that we're less competent. It's that we're not exposed to a lot of the skills that you need to be a fundraiser. And I wish that I'd had like a one-day boot camp that could have taught me everything I needed to know and spend instead of spending nine months. 
So I decided to create that. And um, just as like a pay it forward project, I started it in my conference room on weekends. Basically, I got the final check for my business in January. And on February 23rd, I think it was, I ran my first boot camp in my conference room on a weekend, trained about eight women to raise angel and venture capital. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I've now been teaching for three years, and I've partnered up with Morgan Stanley, and I've trained about uh, 60 women who've raised a collective $12 million. Mm. And that's just been incredibly gratifying to help women kind of avoid some of those pitfalls that I had to exert a lot more energy to get out of. Yeah, because when you think of when you think of raising money right away, at least for me, the image of Wall Street, you know, guys or gals, and mostly guys in you know four thousand dollars suits. That's right. They, have, they speak a different language, and you have this fear of, oh my God, little old me, what do I know about this thing called fundraising? And then even if I do raise the funds, what does that even mean? You know, you see like the the social network where, if you remember the movie about you know about Facebook, whereas the guy basically got cut out of the whole deal, basically, because oh, yeah. he wasn't there in the right room with the right documentation. You see these stacks of paper. What's maybe one thing right off the bat, Julia, that you can share with our listeners that they need to know in order to even start the process? The most important thing to know about fundraising is that a lot of the fear that we have around it comes from the not knowing. We mm-hmm. don't quite know how it works. We don't know the vocabulary. You know, when you hear, when you watch, um, you know, Silicon Alley or you get involved in any kind of fundraising, you start hearing all these terms, you know, liquidation preferences and discounts and exactly. tranches. And it's like, what does that even mean? So that's where a lot of the fear comes from and why doing even a short boot camp, you know, mine is in person, but I also created an online one that's for everyone. The in-person one is just for women, but I have an online one at juliapimsler.com that tons of men have taken. And it just demystifies the process. I like to talk about fundraising as a dance. I call it the fundraising dance because the truth is there are very set steps involved. And if you don't know those steps, you're really not going to be successful. It's sort of like if you went to a dance and everyone was doing the salsa and you got out there and started square dancing. Right? Like, how would that go down? There's a visual. <laughs> but that's what happens. A lot of people, yeah. they get onto the dance floor. They don't, they haven't taken the time to find out what this dance is. And it is a very specific dance. I mean, yeah. VCs are looking at thousands of projects every year, sometimes, you know, hundreds within a week. And they're looking for a very specific format of how you pitch, um, you know, a certain number of slides, a certain way you present the problem and the solution. And you really can't go too far outside of those lines. Now, you can be very creative about how you describe your company. And, of course, there's so many unique things to you and your company. But you got to know that dance. Let's shift gears for just a minute. You are obviously a very accomplished author, accomplished business owner, fundraiser. You sit on the board for the EO or Entrepreneurs Organization in New York. You write for prominent business media outlets. What's the difference between someone who has maybe great intentions to be a great leader or a great entrepreneur but just can't seem to make it work versus someone who's just had massive success? When you look back at your career, the people that you work with, what's that it factor or that differentiator? Well, I'm very motivated by helping other people. That's really what gets me up in the morning. You know, my favorite thing is when I hear from women I've coached who say, you know, I just closed that round and now we have, you know, $3 million and we're going to be able to go live with our, you know, website and scale up. And that's just the best thing for me. So I think um, working with others and also realizing that every great yes is defended by a thousand small no's. 
and really embracing that. I'll tell you the best practice for that was just becoming a parent. Because before I had my first son, I was probably sitting on four different nonprofit boards. I was, you know, working really hard. I was traveling all over. I was just doing a million things, as yeah. many of us like to do. Right. And boy, when you have a baby, that is a big yes, right? <laughs> like you're now the mother of a human being. <laughs> right. And it's you know, like their very sustenance depends on you. Like you can't go out and even you gotta run home and feed that kid, right? Like breastfeed, like from your body. It's pretty intense. <laughs> so I think that was something that forced me to start saying a lot of no's. I dropped off a lot of boards. I became very focused. I said, you know, I want my son to have my full attention and him to be healthy and strong. And I think that started to build a muscle that I've continued to build in my business life where I'm very intentional about what my big yeses are. So I've been on the board for four years of the Entrepreneurs Organization, and I've played really active roles, communications chair. I'm the chair of the Accelerator Program, which is for the business owners trying to get their businesses to a million in revenues. I've got 37 entrepreneurs I work with in that and eight coaches and speakers that it's, you know, it's kind of its own little business on the side. Mm. So I said no to a lot of other things and, and I don't beat myself up about it. I find a lot of people who have intentions, but then don't get all the way there. It's because they, they feel bad about saying no to things. And I think that's something if you can train yourself to just embrace your big yes and know that saying no is just part of getting to the big yes. It makes it a bit easier. You know, does that make we, sense? It completely does. And you're definitely uh, not the first person to say that on the show. And it's fun. It's interesting how a lot of high performers who come on this show say the same thing. And I, me- I remember reading a quote from Warren Buffett who said, For every 100 great opportunities that are brought my way, I say no 99 times out of 100. And it really bears the fact that. Again, a lot of times we want to see how many things we can say yes to because we think that if we say yes to something that, you know, we're going to, we're going to have more opportunities or meet new people or spread our wings a little bit, you know, further and wider. But the reality of it is, and it's so true, the more focused you are. And I was just talking to someone today about focus and about that this thing called multitasking is a lot of BS. It's a lot of crap. The reality of it is is multitasking absolutely does not work. It's been proven. It's something happens in your brain. All those things that you just mentioned, which is really interesting, how you focus, 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 and say no to things that aren't in your wheelhouse and not part of your overall vision or strategy. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. But let me just add, and say no to things that you really want to (laughs) do. You Uh really want to do them. And guess what? You'd be really good at them. And you still have to say no. And that's the kicker, right? That's the hard part, is, is saying, I'm saying no so that I can achieve this other great yes. I really want to sort of dive into a, into a deeper segment we call the fail forward stage, because I believe it's really a game changer. And as you know specifically, and as I know, and a lot of our listeners know that, you know, anxiety, pressure, the weight on our shoulders, um, reading into the future, not knowing what's out there, not knowing if we can make our bills, or not knowing if you're going to get the funding for your business or whatever keeps you up at night. There's a difference between someone that fails and goes back to what they're doing or fails and fails forward. Can you remember a specific time? We love our moments here, Julia, a specific time where you failed and you maybe almost thought about going back to whatever you were doing, but it was that one failure that you learned so much about yourself and it took you to the next level of success. I remember at one point I had uh, prepared so long for this certain pitch. I had a pretty warm introduction. They were excited about it. I went in. I had my team there, you know, pulled them off of sales, pulled them off of everything else that we should have been doing that day to go pitch to this group of about six people. And the guy who pulled me in really liked it, but his boss 
was this like 60 year old Israeli guy. And you could just tell by his body language from like the, about five minutes in that he was just not buying it. He was like, I don't even know why kids need to learn a second language. You know, like who's going to buy this? He was just not interested at all. It was so devastating. And I remember going back to my office and this was not my first pitch, right? This was probably like my 20th pitch. I mean, I think I pitched maybe 30 times before I raised my venture capital, which is typical. That's actually even pretty good. Some people pitch, you know, over 50 times to raise their money. And I walked into my office feeling so defeated. And I saw sitting there my head of sales and my head of marketing. And they were hunkered down trying to solve this problem, you know, trying to figure out how are we going to get our customer acquisition rate to be better and how do we have, um, you know, a higher conversion rate on the website. And they were just so passionate. And I walked in and I looked at them and I thought, first of all, how lucky am I that mm. there are people working on my dream with me, right? right I'm not alone right. here. Like, they're all working on this with me. But second of all, I'm the only one who can do this. They can't go raise that money. It has to be me. It has to be the CEO. And on that day... I decided it was not going to be if I raised this venture capital, it was going to be when. Boom! <laughs> it changed from if to when right uh, there. And I just said, I owe, to, I owe it to them, I owe it to me, and I'm going to make this happen. I don't know how. I don't know if this is going to take, you know, 10 more months. But I think the universe heard me because I, uh, I raised the money not that much later. And I did think back to that moment when I created my academy and boot camp to help women learn to raise capital because a lot of things came my way soon after that, and I really wanted to pay it forward. You know what, Hacker Nation, here's the deal, right? So we hear on the show a lot of times from successful entrepreneurs like Julia, and it's that moment, right? It's that moment when you think you're alone and no one else on the planet is going through the stuff you're going through, and you do have a decision to make. And I love how the universe works because at the end of the day, when you ever look back on a situation where you thought you couldn't go any further, it's just over that extra ridge Whenever you come up and over and out of it, and all of a sudden, something magical happens. For example, Julia just shared that she was going through it. She had all these no's, and she thought it was a slam dunk with this one guy saying yes, the older guy that's his boss saying no. She went back in the room and kind of looked in the, the faces of, of her team and realized she had to make it happen, and she created a decision at that moment to say it's going to happen, but it's, it's in the process of going through what she went through that... When she came out on the other side, because of all the stuff she learned, think about what just happened. Not only did she ultimately get the money, but then she created a boot camp to teach other people. And if she didn't go through that trials and tribulations, she could have never created this other boot camp that also you know, has another stream of income that also broadens her, her brand to do what she does. Is that correct, Julia? Well, and it led to my book. I mean, exactly. here's the funny thing is that I started teaching this boot camp just because, you know, I was mad. Like I said, I was like, we got to make this easier. we got to fix this. And I can't fix it single-handedly, but I can do my part. So I started teaching women how to raise money. And then three years later, when I came up with the idea for Million Dollar Women, the essential guide for female entrepreneurs who want to go big, and I went and pitched it to a few publishers they said, well, we want to buy this book because you're clearly an expert because you've been teaching this stuff for three exactly. years. Exactly. So, you know, totally unplanned, but by following these passions, it just led to these bigger business opportunities. Absolutely incredible. I love it. But, you know, I would like to add something because one thing that I've found in common with a lot of the entrepreneurs I've been working with is that if you don't come from a business background, and many of us don't, you know, I was a filmmaker and I just had a big chip on my shoulder. Like, hmm. you know, who am I to go pitch to these 
business guys who all went to Harvard and Wharton and have MBAs, you know, we don't even speak the same language. I'm going to be called out as like an imposter or something. You know, I had this whole like really negative tape going in my brain. And there was another moment that was really critical in terms of my getting over that. So I live in New York. I spend a lot of time on the subway. And one day I noticed this ad campaign that was for Manhattan mini storage. It was like, you know, all that stuff in your apartment, why don't you just go put into mini storage and, and clear up some space? And I remember thinking as I looked at that, wouldn't it be great if I could take all this negative thoughts and, you know, all this uh, self-sabotaging stuff that I do and just go put it into mini storage? <laughs> And uh, I chuckled about it for a few minutes, and then I was like, you know what? Why not, right? Like, they're not real anyway. It's just these voices in my head. And so I actually used that as a strategy, and it's something I talk about in Million Dollar Women, where every time I had self-limiting beliefs that came up, like, well, I'm just a filmmaker. You know, who am I to go raise venture capital? I would just drive it across the bridge in my mind, over the George Washington Bridge, into New Jersey, open up that mini storage locker, throw it in, pull the big metal gate down, and put that lock back on. And I put a lot of limiting beliefs in there, and that freed me up. I felt so much lighter to go out and raise this capital and feel really uh, emboldened and entitled. And, you know, like most things you put in mini storage, I never went back to pick them up. (laughs) (laughs) It's saying just take anything that you think that might hold you back, and you know what those voices are. They're different for everybody. Oh, yeah. For, you know, for, we could probably name three or four of them right now that everyone would, would relate to, right? Like, who am I? I'm not good enough. Right. I'm not smart enough. If you're a woman, it's like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. Like, we, we, know, we know the list. And you don't have to get rid of it forever. But I think parking it in mini storage for a little while feels like a good halfway move. And I then, like I said, then you just don't go back for them. I love it. Our listeners actually tune in to get insights and golden nuggets and success hacks from our esteemed guests. You've already shared some really great success strategies and hacks, but what can you leave with Hacker Nation? Just one thing that they can do starting today if they're at all thinking about get funding for their company. What do they need to do? Just one like actual step that they can take. I think having a clear vision of where that money will take you. Some people play around with the idea of fundraising, but they don't actually think about what is the quantum leap forward that having capital would do for my business. The truth is people are not going to invest in your business if it's just going to help you grow by you know 10% or 20%. People will want to invest if you can show them that by putting in this 500000 a million, whatever it is, that you can actually grow your sales five times. So I think spending the time to figure out what is that game-changing move that you would need more capital for. I often encourage in my workshop, I say, um, you know, what would you do if you had twice as much revenue? How would you spend that money? Hmm. And that frees people up to really dream big about, you know, would they increase their marketing budget? Would they hire new staff? Would they create a different product? Would they take the whole business online? And so that's probably the first most important move. And then after that, it's really learning the fundraising dance. And once you know those steps, and they're not as complicated or as intimidating as you would think, it's just about finding out what are the right ways to approach angels and VCs, looking at a few pitch decks, maybe taking an online course. I have one at juliapimser.com. There's other great resources on the web. And then getting out there and pitching. It is so doable. We're going to have links, obviously, not only in the show notes, but also Julie is going to share where everybody can find not only more about her book, but also about everything that she's talking about. She has a wealth of knowledge on her website. Julie, we are now going to enter the randomness round. 
it's kind of like putting you on the success hacker's version of the hot seat. Ooh. Whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip with no hesitation. So, Julia, are you ready for the randomness round? Oui, je suis prête. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Best advice you've ever received? Make it easy for people to work with you. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? I really like to go to the 90 Days of Gratitude page. Um, I'm part of a Facebook group called 90 Days of Gratitude where there's about 1,500 of us who post five things we're grateful for every single day. And it really keeps you focused on all the good things happening in your life because what you focus on is what you get. You now own the time machine, Julia. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? I would tell my 25-year-old self to spend less time worrying about what I don't know and focus more on the things I am good at. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Unstoppable optimism. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Goodness, my hidden talent. Oh, I know. Um, so I learned to scuba dive about 10 years ago, and I love scuba diving, and I'm pretty good at it. I'm PADI certified, and I'm actually heading out on a scuba diving trip at the end of December. I can't wait. Last question of the randomness round, Julia. Yes. When your life is near the end, what do you want your legacy to be? I want a lot of people who I've been around to realize if she can do it, I can do it. I wish I'd had more people in my life who showed me that. And I am really hopeful that some of the people I've worked with feel like, you know what? She's just a regular person and she figured it out and I will too. I would love that to be my legacy. This has been incredible. Thank you, Julia, so much for your time and also sharing these incredible success strategies with Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're up to and your business? Anyone who wants to learn more about fundraising or any of the things I talked about today, just go to juliapimsler.com and sign up on my homepage. I've got a blog and some online courses I'd love you to check out. Can they also check out where your book is as well? Yes, the book is available off my website, on okay. Amazon, at bookstores throughout the country, and in about five other countries. So please check it out, Million Dollar Women. Million Dollar Women, the essential guide for female entrepreneurs who want to go big. And guys can read it too. Thanks a lot, Scott. I love what you're doing, and I feel inspired from having worked with you here today. So I can only imagine the great good you're doing for everyone who listens to the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Julia. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Julia with some other really cool resources that we have on the site. And don't forget to subscribe on the site to get all kinds of new episodes. Remember, if you want to stay connected to the show, Take out your phone right now and type success hackers, one word, success hackers to four four two two two. That's four four two two two. When you do that, we will send out interview updates, success strategies, and check this out. Moving forward, we will also be periodically choosing future guests right from our Hacker Nation community. So stay connected. You just might be chosen for the next guest. Success hackers, one word to four four. Two two two. If you want to connect with me and the show on Twitter, all you have to do 
is hit me up at at Scott Hansen 1210. I'm always on Twitter. Hit me up and we can connect. As mentioned in the intro, I have something that I wanted to share with you really, really, really quickly. Because of the success of this podcast, people are always asking me, Scott, how come you've been able to create such a successful podcast in a short period of time? It's gotten you speaking gigs. It's You're now writing a book, which I'm about to come out with, and I'll let you know here in a minute. Um, that's going to be coming out probably the 1st of January, maybe February 1st, somewhere around there. And now because of the podcast, I'm a contributing writer to biznews.com, entrepreneur.com. As I mentioned, I'm right in the middle of writing a book with 10 other successful entrepreneurs. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So here's where you come in. How would you like to actually learn how to design and create a podcast that you are super passionate about? Right? Imagine what it would be like for your business if you're able to separate yourself from everyone else that does what you do by really having a successful podcast that allows you to really get your message around the world in your area of expertise. Pretty cool, right? So I'm offering to work with just 10 people, 10 people to help and mentor them around creating a successful podcast, literally going from A to Z. So if you have any interest whatsoever, all you have to do is email me at info at successhackers.net info at successhackers.net and let me know that you're interested in finding out more. You and I will hop on a call and I can share with you all kinds of information about the program, but I only have room for 10, so email me today at info at successhackers.net. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.